So welcome to this episode of The Wrong Conversation. Today we are going to ask what I think is one of the most important questions you can ask in life. And that question is, are you a tool? <laughs> <laughs> And I know that might sound like that, that it wouldn't be one of the most important questions you oh, can ask, is. but it I think is. by the time we're done with this video, I think that, uh, especially by the end, I, I think you're going to see why I say it. I think it is actually, in all seriousness, one of the yeah. most important questions you can ask. Well, it sounds and, uh, so funny, but I think we, it will turn very serious quick, if you want my opinion. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So before we jump into Are You a Tool?, uh, I just want to. <laughs> Go ahead. So before we Sorry. jump into, are you a tool? Uh, I am David Peters. I'm here as always with Adrian Fiorucci, and we are here to uh, try to uncover the wrong conversation so that we can see beyond and maybe even step beyond the wrong conversation. So we come here each week to talk about this stuff. Uh, this show is not only here on YouTube, uh, but it's also available as a podcast. So if you are traveling and you would like to take us with you, please take us with you. Yeah. We like to travel too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think we should start by like just trying to draw a box around what is a tool. We should. I agree. Yeah. Right? Because it's one of those things that, that you know it's an insult. Right. right, and you kind of have a feeling that you know what it is, but I think it's it's one of those words. At least I've never sat down to really think. Well, what is the definition of a tool? Right, right. So I so sat what for is hours, it, and well, I sat yes. for hours, and I contemplated this, and then after hours, I just Googled it, and then <laughs> <laughs> of course, it always helps just to Google it. So uh, Google, the, the top thing on Google said, uh, and I'll read it here, it says, a tool is someone who lacks the capacity to realize they are being used by someone else. Yeah. In other words, a fool or uh, a pawn, you know, a pawn, or a puppet. I think it's more, yeah. A, a pawn, a puppet, uh, uh, being used. Again, it's though, you know, it's like, it's like trying to, own something that you don't own or being owned by something, maybe, right? And not realizing that that's what it is. But everybody around you can see it. I think that's yes. the other thing, right? Yes, that, that, that's, the, that's the part of the Google definition I really like, that somebody lacks the capacity to understand that they're being used or that, that they're, they're being, right. in over their heads with something, right? Yeah, they don't even like realize that. That, they're, that, they're, yeah. <laughs> that they're owned by it. Yeah, right. I really... Yeah, being owned by it or being used by it. Now, the word, I think, is usually applied more to men than women in the popular culture. I don't think I've yeah. ever heard a woman being called a tool. It's true. But, yeah, yeah in our conversation, it applies. It, this is an equal opportunity insult uh, not, <laughs> or, right. or label, even if it's we not an wanna, insult. We wouldn't want to leave anybody out. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the way we're going to talk about this, everyone has the capacity to be a tool. <laughs> everyone okay. is a tool, I'll go so far as to say. I, yes, that's part of, including you and me, of course. <laughs> I'm going to go one step further and say that everybody wants to be or should be a tool, but we'll Ooh. get to that. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. Because okay. how many influences are there on us that we're not that conscious of? That's it. Right. There's, I mean, our, 
the culture we live in, like we become period, right? <laughs> we're products of our culture, whether it be the whole culture of our nation or just the culture of our town or the culture of our family or the culture, the culture of our of friend our group. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? All those little cultures shape us in ways that we're not that conscious of, yep. but that we serve, that we serve, yep. but we kind of unconsciously serve. Um, that I even think that it goes so far into the language that we use. You know, every language oh, has. Yeah. I love it when people will say something like, you know, the the Japanese have 20 different words for love or something. I, I mean, yeah. that's not accurate, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. I do, I do. Right, right. This language has, you know, these uh, 15 different words for love and we only have one word. And, and you realize that like, oh, our understanding of the concept of love is limited by our language or expanded yeah. by our language. So we become a tool yeah. of the language that we use or... Religion's another place where people will call people a tool. Oh, God. Sure. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people it, who parrot the talking points but don't fully... Oh, God. It's part of why yeah. people can't, you know, get, become so jaded about religion, right? Because yeah. of the hypocrisy. I guess that would be the simple, right? It's like somebody's saying all these things and espousing all these things, but then you watch them and you... Yeah, what a tool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. yeah what a tool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's lots of ways to be a tool, but I, I so uh, consumerism is a ah, big one. You beat me to it. Yeah, that is in our culture nowadays, especially. Right? How manipulated so, are we? How how used are we? You know, you. I remember. I uh, well, let me get the. I have two things to say. One, we're filming this during the fall. Okay. So we, we film these a little bit ahead of time. So right now is prime fall season. And what mm. happens in the fall? The emergence of pumpkin spice. <laughs> you, I don't know if you see this because you don't watch that much media. Yeah, okay. But it's no, like, yeah, I don't. It, it, you go into any grocery store, at least here in California, and there's 800 different products that are pumpkin spice products. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? From from lip gloss to cookies to ravioli, pumpkin ravioli. I mean, everything's pumpkin ravioli. And there are jokes on social media about all of the all, all the people just coming out like, like zombies for pumpkin spice time. Right? <laughs> right. I love the fall because of pumpkin I, yeah, spice. I love the fall. It's my favorite time of year. Yes, it's everyone's favorite time of year, probably, right. you know, right. <laughs> most right. likely. I think a large majority, yeah. Yeah. And they manipulate that. They turn that into their, their right? I mean. So you become a tool of the yeah. pumpkin spice lobby or the pumpkin spice yeah. advertising. Yeah. But, and that goes even deeper because, well, what are they manipulating? They're manipulating hmm. something that's already in you that responds to the fall and pumpkin spice. Yeah. Right? Or something, sure. right? There's there's some there's it I think of when I think of the fall, I think of nesting instinct, right? People just wanna they wanna start yeah. eating different foods. They wanna bulk up a little bit. They wanna get ready for the cold weather, right? So it's like uh, you have this this idea that it's time to nest and go sit by the fire and and uh, that's an instinct. And so they're playing off that instinct in their advertising, but are you a tool to that instinct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's yeah. it, you know, because they're, they're, like you just said, they're manipulating that. And we all know it. We all know it to a certain degree, but that's it. To what degree? Really? Do you know what I mean? And that's where it gets interesting. And that's where this conversation gets interesting. And I think it necessarily needs to go. I mean, how do you stop being a tool? 
you know? It might be an interesting question as we start to go on, right? How do you stop becoming a, a victim of the pumpkin spice spell, you know, of, of <laughs> right? I mean, of like, oh, I must get my latte, you know, or whatever, right? Whatever that is for you. I mean, and, and this, we're just talking, I mean, we're, we're talking pumpkin spice. The list is very, very long. The oh, list- it's endless. Yeah. You said something to me years ago. I mean, a, a decade or more ago. We were talking, and and you were, you felt a bit resentful about how sexualized billboards and advertisements had become, mm. and and you were saying this to me because so they put um they put a beautiful for us right we're guys they put a beautiful woman on an advertisement and everything's hanging out or she's in some, and so you look, but it's like, um but you don't want to look you don't want to be. You don't want to. You don't want your attention to be drawn toward some random woman that's not yours. It's not your wife. It's right. not. And, but it takes control of a piece of you, because there is a in. I mean, it's just an instinct. I mean, how much of it can you stop? Right. And I remember, you know, and so they're making you a tool just by, yeah, by that, and and just realizing that that's happening to you. I mean, that's just one more example. It's it's a different side of pumpkin spice, you know. Here's it's Miss a, Pumpkin Spice it's on this billboard. I like Miss Pumpkin Spice. Yeah, it's an interesting. I, th- I it's an interesting practice in a way. Like, and that's probably I don't remember having that. I don't remember saying that at all. But you know, I can only imagine. Right, I'm working on my thing which is my spiritual practice, right? I'm working on letting go, being in the present moment. Uh, God knows, right? And then that yanks me out in some weird way, right? Exactly. And I see it because like you just said, exactly. and, and, and I see it and it pulls me. Now, it's an opportunity, of course, right? It's an opportunity to make a conscious choice, to be pulled out unconscious, if that makes any sense, right? But, yeah. but at the same time, it can make it very challenging. I, I think that's part of like consumerism, as the tool, as being a tool of consumerism. It's so hard now because it's so easy. Yeah. Right? I mean, just hop on your phone while you're sitting on your comfy chair and buy something, right? Or you're watching TV and that something, you know, comes up and you're like, wow, you know, I've been meaning to look at how much are those? And you know, whatever, right? The example of that. And it's so easy. So therefore, to become a, to be used as a tool is easier and easier too. If that makes any sense, that influence that they have There's a lot of incentives. There is, and, and a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity for them to do that with us. This the language. Are you a tool? Is not how I started this. I started with a with a very different, um, a much more serious sounding question than "Are you a tool?" Okay. What um, is it? And that I ask people when I'm doing coaching work, I, you know, and to me, this is one of the big five questions. I don't know if there's five, but it's certainly one of my top few questions. But that question is, how much of yourself do you truly own? Right. How much of yourself do you truly own? And it's a really, really uncomfortable question to answer honestly. Because like we're saying, there's a million endless ways to be a tool. And as you chart out the minutes of your day, it's very easy to see how each moment of your day is to connect it to something that is, is owning you. So the most, the most universal thing I can think of that, that just drives this point home is coffee. 
mm. how many, how many people, like if, if I'm talking to people about coffee, what do they always say? Oh, I'm useless until I've had my cup of coffee for the day. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's endless memes on social media about, you know, don't even talk to me. I haven't had my second cup of coffee yet. There's all this, right? There's a whole cultural joke, in joke, about how much we all want our caffeine boost in the morning. And, um, and so I would say that that's because coffee owns a piece of you. Mm. Right? You've given over ownership of a of a piece of yourself, right? Yeah. So to me that that's like a like we're all owned by stuff. And and it's not just stuff like coffee. It, I mean, we all have obligations to our work, our families. Sure. Right? And all those things own a little piece of you. Like you you have an obligation, you got to show up to work or you don't get paid. Well, Work owns a little bit of you. Money owns a little bit of you. The need to uh, to uh, be there for your family that owns a little bit of you. You know, I, I think it, I would assume if anybody's watched more than two of our sh of our things here, our, our show here, that that they uh, have started to realize that self awareness always makes some sort of appearance, right? Because that's what we're talking about. How much do you own of yourself? A large part of that is self-awareness. So how self-aware are you? And then even we've also debated how self-aware can you be? There there's so many things, you know, coming in on you and there's so much to focus on. Can you really focus on it all? I mean, what's what's out of your range of knowledge or knowing, right? But self-awareness is definitely the key. So in other words, how aware are you of your coffee addiction? You know, I'm, I'm very aware of it, but I, I'm still a tool to my coffee. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> but, but, you know, or how aware, you know, that's another thing about work, right? I mean, I don't know. Uh, you got to go to work. You do. It owns a piece of you. It does. Are you really aware of that? Have you ever taken any time? Are you doing what you want to do? Might even be another level. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I think self-awareness is a really big thing, you know. Yeah. In this well, that's why I wore this shirt. That's why I wore this yeah, shirt. Yeah, what do you got? Today. I didn't see it. 95 this is this is an actual stat that you can go read about studies about human psychology that 95% of what's happening in our brain, they're un, it's unconscious impulses. Yeah. So the shirt says 95% unconscious impulses and 5% rationalization of unconscious impulses. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's what the brain's doing. It's ninety-five percent a robot, and it's five percent trying to trying to be like, yeah, I meant to do that. That's yeah. intentional. Trying to pretend it's not a robot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I should I should have done that. I meant to do that. I should have done that. I, I own myself, <laughs> and and I think that that's. I could stop drinking coffee if I wanted to. I just don't want to, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, or anything like, or or being a you know unconscious impulses can be your own emotional state, you know, like. Oh yeah. Or your own interests. Like, do you choose your own interests? Yes. No, they choose you and they own you. You can't help what you're interested in. Do you own those? I mean, they're yours, they're in you. But who's the owner? Yeah. <laughs> is it the interest or is it you? <laughs> yeah. I think we do have some control over that. And I know what you're trying to say, but I, I, I like to think anyways that we can shift Maybe this is what we're going to go. Maybe we're going to go into this a little bit here today. But, you know, you can't help what you're interested in. I disagree with that to an extent. You know, I, I think so much of it has to do with focus. So much of it has to do with exposure. 
Like that was part of like when you talk about things like language or family and being a tool mm -hmm. to these things in a way, and we are if we pay no mind to it. And why why are we tools? Because of the massive amounts of exposure we have, right? We think yep. in language for crying out loud. So of course, it, if your language is limited, your thinking's limited, right? You know, you're surrounded by your family for the first, you know, 18, 20 years of your life. I mean, that is a huge influence on you, right? I mean, you know, intensively surrounded, right? Anyways, I, I, does that make any sense? But Absolutely. we can, as we get older, we can start to shift that. I know I have. I can honestly say that, you know, not, not completely, obviously, but I mean, plenty enough where, where my interests have changed because I've changed them, you know, through conscious. Well, this comes... This comes down to the part of conversation, how do you not be a tool? Right? Yeah, how to not be a tool. Yeah. And there's whole, I mean, uh, I think that a lot of spiritual pursuits are about how not to be a tool, or philosophical pursuits even. I'm a big fan yeah. of the Stoic philosophers. I love yeah. the Stoics. And okay. the Stoics are all about self-ownership, or, or at least ownership of your reactions and responses to the world. You know, right. sto being stoic means sitting back and being quiet and not getting dragged into stuff and not, you know, sure. you know, it's, 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 you know, I think of a stoic as like a cow out in the rain. Like, does it, it doesn't respond to the rain, it just sits there and keeps eating the grass, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't, you know, and, um, uh, and so the stoics are like Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus, uh, these guys, and you'll see them quoted a lot. And there's a real famous Epictetus quote, which is, no man is free who is not master of himself. Mm. I love that. And I really like that. No man is free. And so I'm a fan of the Stokes because I'm just so incredibly aware of how much of a tool I am to so many things. <laughs> right. But like, I don't have a lot of pride in my willpower. Everyone's like, did you see the new Game of Thrones? No. Because... What are there, eight seasons? And I don't know how many episodes are in a season and how oh. long is each episode. It's going to own so many. It's going to own a week of my life if I turn up because I will be owned by it. There's no question. Right. I don't have the power to not not be interested in it. Sure. Right? Yeah. So I just, I, I try not to turn it on just because I, I don't trust myself uh, and my ability to own myself against yeah. these things. I, go You're ahead. talking I, about exposure too, which I just said. Yes. Which is interesting. It just watch what you expose yourself to. Yeah, that's Maybe a definite point one of how to not be a tool. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, understand that you are naturally a tool, and that you can't right. help but be because ninety-five percent unconscious impulses, right. and then the rest of you is just trying to figure out why. Right. So, all of these forces, like I said, your culture and your language, your your family culture, all these things make a tool out of you. So you have to exposure is a I love that word, exposure. I like the word forces. There's all these forces on you. That's really yeah. pushing and pulling, pushing and pulling, pushing and pulling, you know. Uh, you Go ahead with the exposure. No, no. Uh, I love the word exposure. When I'm talking to people, like when I'm coaching people, one of my big things I talk to people about, and it sounds really coachy too, it's kind of a <laughs> overly coachy title that tries to make a simple thing sound fancy, but I call it circumstance design. Yeah, right. You've talked to me about that. Yeah, where you mm -hmm. where you are a tool of your circumstances. So if you want to not be a tool to certain things, then try to take it out of your environment. Try to try to not expose yourself to it. Right. You know, it's all about changing your incentive structures. Surround yourself with incentive structures that take you where you want to go. That don't make you a tool to things that you don't want to be a tool of. Right. Right. 
No, I know. Like, you know, you take somebody like somebody has a hard time sleeping or, uh, you know, let's just stay with that simple one. A lot of times it's like, okay, first of all, make sure you've got some physical activity for the day because if a lot of people don't anymore, right? So mm -hmm. they're sitting around all day and their bodies aren't as tired. Their minds are very tired. But then they, to, to wind their mind down, they spend all kinds of screen time, which actually in a strange way doesn't right? Doesn't do that for you. It's like you think it does. It's proven. So get away from the screen. You know, do it, you know, make your circumstances different. A couple, those two things could change your sleep habits if you're, you know, if you're challenged with that, just by what you're exposing yourself to or not exposing yourself to. Yep. Do you know what I mean? That's what my wife does every night. She turns off the computer or if she's watching something, she puts on these like blue light blocking things because it just changes your physiology. Right, yeah. the, the what 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 the color of the light is, you know. Yeah. So she'll do that, and then she'll put down the computer, and she'll either just sit quietly and drink some tea, or she'll read a book, or we'll talk, or or something. Right. And there's certain topics at night that we don't talk about because that's right. If I bring up a contentious thing or something I'm worried about, then that anxiety she's a tool to my energy if I'm anxious yeah. about something. Yeah. So if we're gonna have a. a conversation about a difficult subject we will only have it earlier in the day when there's time to release it because we have an understanding that we're going to be a tool to that energy to that anxiety you have awareness or that you have mm -hmm. self-awareness enough about that you know yeah. you know I, I already quoted this uh once before i'm pretty sure in a video but i think it's appropriate again here too which is that mark twain quoted that it it isn't the things that you don't know that'll kill you. It's the things that you know for sure that ain't true, right? <laughs> Those are the things that'll get you. So if you don't realize you're a tool, if you don't realize that you're 95% unconscious, right, urges or whatever, uh, that is dangerous because you're, because you're, you're running under the guise of, of, of autonomy when it's anything but. And why is it dangerous? Because there's never any way out until you realize Wait a minute, I'm a tool, <laughs> right? Not a fun thing to look at, but it's if you don't go there, I think I think another um, what 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 this makes me want to talk about for a minute too is the usefulness, and it's a word that you use a lot. I'm going to put these two words that you use a lot together: the posture of humility. I mean, th this is sort of an antidote. In other words, this comes to that quote. I mean, if you could see that, right? It's like if you think you know. That's when there's the problem. That's when you're going to become a tool, right? But but when you, if you can remain humble and go, gee, I might not know, or am I being? You know, stay open, stay questioning, be humble. You don't maybe know all the answers, right? That's going to be the first and probably best antidote to to being a tool. You know, that's probably probably why it's so important. It, I don't know. Does that make any sense, David? Well, yeah. I mean, you got. You, you, I, I would go even further to say, understand that you're definitely a tool. <laughs> and the question isn't, isn't just, am I being one? It's, it's to what am I being one? You know, like I, I like, uh, just Ooh. understand, because we talked about so much of it is unconscious. You just accept ahead of time that, that there's something that's, that's unconsciously pulling the strings. So instead of even saying, is something pulling on my strings? I would just start by saying, okay, stuff's pulling on my strings, like everybody, What's pulling on the most or, or what strings don't I want this thing to be pulling on or what don't I want pulling on my strings because yeah. something's going to, you know, exposure. He, you know, here's leads me to my next thing that I would really like to share about this. Another how to not be a tool, I feel like. 
one, that's the first step. Well, first is self-awareness to, to be aware that you are. I think you've stated that very clearly, right? How could you not be? This isn't a judgment really anymore, right? It's like there's all, so many yeah. influences, right? So, yeah, and then tools, that's, yeah. that's self-aware. Then to actually take on a little humility would be really useful for you to be able to see how. Then I would say, let's step beyond that though. Let's move further into, okay, if I'm under influence, if there's all these forces all the time, maybe, and this is what I can say, I personally know that I've worked on and work on. What do I surround myself with? What do I place, where do I place my focus? You know, and what I mean by this too is to pick best you can what you're serving. And in my opinion, that's always going to be best by picking something much higher than you, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of times back in the day, that used to be religion for us, you know, in a way. It would be like, you know, like you're trying to be good all the time and to live up this ideal that religion put out before us. Those days are kind of gone. There's a lot of things that make me sad about that, too, by the way, because then it's just, where we live now, it's just me, 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 for the most part. You have the right to get, you know, whatever you want and you should and do it. But what you don't realize when you're doing that is that you're a tool <laughs> to all your own desires and you're being manipulated by all these outside forces because you're just pursuing whatever it is you want to do and whatever you feel. A higher ideal is very, very useful. And it doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be religion. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But something higher is a really good... Does that make any sense to you, David? Is that... I love it. In fact, that's why what you just said is why I think this is one of the most important conversations you can have with yourself or one of the most. How much of yourself do you truly own? The honest answer is very little. Right. So, okay, that sounds kind of depressing. Yeah. But what you said is the answer. What owns you? Yeah. Pick it. What are you serving? Freedom isn't about removing ownership. You don't have freedom from ownership. You have freedom over slowly deciding what does own you, what you're going to be owned by. And that is what I really think the game of life or development or spirituality is about. Something's going to own me. There's a Bob Dylan song. Again, I'm going to quote my Bob Dylan songs. You know, Bob Dylan went through a period, you know, I think in the 80s where everyone calls it like his born again christian stage yeah, right he yeah, released yeah, yeah. a super christian album and everyone's like bob dylan goes christian but he's jewish <laughs> and he was like the counterculture <laughs> guy in the 60s but he has a song that always stuck in my head called you gotta serve somebody yeah i love that song, right actually. and he goes through yeah. a list you can you can you know you can be a super rich finance guy you can be the president you can be all this you can be a monk but you're gonna have to serve somebody it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And it's just kind of a religious song, but he just talks about how nobody escapes service. That's it. To something. And, so choose and, as wisely as you can. Yes, <laughs> yes, you that know? is. And that's the game, right? And and that's why, yeah, that's why I said at the very beginning, are you a tool? Yes. Do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean... Who are you if you're not serving something? Who are you? Yeah. Why are you even here if you're not serving anything? If you serve nothing, yeah. <laughs> the nihilists. <laughs> yeah. We believe in nothing. The from the Big Lebowski, anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just think about the nihilists. <laughs> but they didn't serve nothing. 
They serve the no. idea of being seduced okay. by the idea of nihilism. That's what they were tools right. to. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know, I, this made me, when I was thinking about this a little bit prior, exactly. You know, most people don't even realize how deep this goes in silly ways, right? I mean, if you're rebelling against anything, you're a tool. <laughs> because whatever you're rebelling against owns you. What yes. are you without that thing to rebel against? Right? I mean, as an example, yeah. it's a simple little thing that most people, it eludes them. Now, they could see it in somebody else, but they typically don't see it in themselves when they're doing it. You know what I mean? That's another one of those political things, right? Everybody can see the other side and what a tool they are by their side, from their side, and how they're being used and how they're brainwashed, but they can't see how they are being that way from their side, you know? And that's where humility comes in, you know? That's, that's yeah. again, that's... I think about it in politics all the time when, when one side erupts over the, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to use a concrete example because it was so extreme, but, but the Donald Trump phenomenon, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, the, the, this, I'm not, I'm going to ignore the love of him. I'm going to go right into the hatred of him because the hatred of him was so strong, right? Every, the people who didn't like him hated him, right? Mm. But, but I always, Whenever I saw them hate him, I mean, I got why they hated him. I mean, he was, sure. he was uh, easy to dislike on, on, on lots of levels. I think but he got off on that, actually. <laughs> yes, because why? Because he owned those people. Yes. Because that's he owned that hatred. And yeah. that's what people didn't see. They got so wrapped up in hating him, they didn't realize that they were giving over ownership of themselves to, <laughs> to Trump. Uh. Right. I hope this makes the cut because this is really, really important. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care yeah. whatever side you're on. Like it doesn't matter if it's Trump or serve, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, whatever you're trying to serve, if you're serving it that way, you're losing. Because the thing you're fighting against owns you. Yes. You know? Uh, that's so important. Yeah. What you hate uh, owns I, you. What you yeah, hate what you owns hate you. Yeah. What angers you owns you. The people that yeah. bother you and get under your skin, they own you. That's right. Not completely. They just own a piece. Well, it, dep it depends on how much your hatred is. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can Seriously? completely overwhelm. Everybody. Yeah, oh, I've man. seen it just completely. Yeah. Whether it's politics, whether it's divorce. Have you ever seen that in divorce? Yeah. People love their kids, but somehow they'll get thrown under the bus because of the hatred of the other person. And they yeah. love their kids. Of course they love their... And they both will do it. This isn't a male-female. This is like, you know... At some level, it's impossible to avoid, but these are all questions of degree, as we always talk about, right? It's not... Yeah. We talked about this with empathy. It's, it's not so much how much empathy you have. It's, it's where your empathy is allocated, where it's focused. And it's the same thing right. with ownership. It's not, it's not that whether you are or aren't owned. You are. I'm sorry. You're owned. But it's what owns you. It's what you serve that makes Exposed. all the difference in the world. And I think that goes back to your point about exposure. You can choose what you're exposed to. Therefore, you can choose what you involuntarily give up ownership of yourself to. Right. I know that you know this about me. You know, I've, I think I've mentioned in some of our talks that I'm very apolitical, uh, right? Like that's something mm -hmm. that I, I, I just not something I involve myself in. And that's going to probably stir up some problems with <laughs> some people as they hear that. But, but um, and one of the big shifts 
the, the, actually, I wouldn't even call it a big shift, but it was the beginning of a real shift in my life. Where when you look back with the, beauty, with the beauty of hindsight and you can look at your life and you say, ooh, from there it started to shift, right? Something started to go a different way, was when I stopped consuming so much news. Because I used to be a big consumer of news, you know? And, yep. I, I, and I realized it just worked me up. I really wasn't doing much of anything different about it, about all this stuff mm -hmm. I was consuming. Like, it really wasn't changing what I did with my life. This is just for me. I'm not trying to judge anybody else. I'm, so, and then when I saw it so clearly, though, I saw it very clearly, I was like, ooh, you know, let me just stop. Cold turkey, right, for a minute. And wow, the benefits were huge for me personally. And one of the reasons was because my exposure changed, right? So in other words, I was exposing myself to all this, and then I started exposing myself to something else because all that time that that took up in my life, right? Actually, David, what it did, I always involved myself in spirituality, but it gave me way more time to involve, to expose myself to deeper concepts, to something that was more that I started to use and utilize that did start making me behave different in my life, if that makes any difference, or yes. it makes any sense, right? And that shifted. That, there that are shifted things something. that can own you that serve you. Right, it's good that you're owned by certain things. Right, this is why I, um, uh, you know, I, I it was kind of a trying to be funny line in our talk on marriage, but I said that marriage is prison on purpose. Right. So the prison part sounds like oh, it's prison. Marriage is prison, but it's prison on purpose because maybe it's good for you to be in that box. Yeah. Maybe it maybe it puts borders around your life or gives you a container to live in that actually serves you. And right. that you want to be owned by your marriage. If, it, if you can make a good marriage, then you want to be owned by it because it actually is really good for you. Right. I love that and, melding. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, I think that's exactly what you're saying with spirituality. That as yeah. soon as you, I, what you were talking about with, uh, with the politics is something, I've definitely been a tool of politics. <laughs> I mean, really deeply a tool of it. I, I really get caught up in it. And, um, and, you know, uh, about a year ago, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to watch anymore. And I just shut it off for a couple months and I did get happier. I just got happier. Oh yeah. That I spent for more me. time. <laughs> and then, and then there's been a lot going on. So then I recently I've been sucked back into it. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then I'll find myself, I'll walk in, I'll start talking to my wife and, and something that's political will come up because it's in the air. And, and then, you know, there's a lot of issues that do affect us. So we'll talk about something, but then all of a sudden I'll find myself on a 10 minute rant about something unrelated and then I'll oh, yeah. wake up. I'll wake up Ooh. because I was unconsciously <laughs> just tool mouthing. I was just puppeting something that yeah. upset me that I saw on the news. And then, and then I'll see in my wife's face that she's just like, whoa, I don't, I don't want to go there. Don't, don't, don't the glaze take over. me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but not even a glaze over, like a, an no. avoidance. Like, yeah. I don't, like, like, yes, that subject will own a piece of me, too, if I allow it. And you're trying to pull me in. Please don't pull me in. Yeah. And then, as because I'm a tool, I'll say, but this is important. This is about what's going on. You're right? And then, and then she'll say, well, what am I going to do about it? Like, really? Like, like getting know. upset about this? What's it going to change about my day? Like, I'll worry about it when it will change something about my day. Like, 
Like, if I'm actually wondering who to vote for once every few years, then I'll pay attention for an hour and a half and I'll figure out who I want to vote for. But beyond that, like, right. do I need to spend two or four years just being just, you know, wrapped up in the fight that, like, isn't going to change what my role in the fight is, you know? Right. And it's so, uh, and so, uh, and to me, that's just deeply, practically beautiful. Like, it's exposure again. It's circumstance design again. It, it is. It is. And, you know, yeah. you said it. I, I, so beautiful. And I woke up. Then I'll wake up. That's what you said. Then I'll wake up. Yeah. I think this is some of the usefulness of being a tool, too, by the way. By the way, to me, personally, the ultimate goal is to wake up <laughs> as much as humanly possible. Right? To own as much of yourself as possible. And I don't really love those terms, that those words so much, but I mean I, I know what you mean by that. And you know, to 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 be fully aware as or to be aware as much as humanly possible, right? Uh, to wake up. And and that's part of what's useful about being a tool in a way, though, right? It's like that, it's like that uh, experience of sleeping so that you know what waking up is like. <laughs> if that makes any sense, right? It's like, oh, that w I got caught up in that dream of who I am, or you know what I mean? The 5% of me that's trying to make excuses for why the 95% of me is doing these things, right? You know what I mean? That's a wake up though. When you realize, when you, you know, all of a sudden say, wow, actually I've been a tool, you know? That, that's a powerful moment that sets you up well, it's not always pleasant, but it sets you up well for the future to see the next time that that happens. I mean, again, this is what I would call freedom or steps towards freedom. It does make sense. And I, I really love that you use the word freedom, mm. right? Uh, and um, because that, that's what, I think that's what people are really looking for, right? They want to feel free in their lives, right? They want to, um, they want to be free from being a tool. <laughs> <laughs> or right. something like that. Or at least they want to feel free about it. And there is a path to freedom, but it's not about not being a tool. It is about, you don't have a freedom, you, you can't find freedom from being a tool, but you can find freedom in choosing what you're a tool for, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and then you talked about, or you, you kind of, you know, the, the waking up part. And there was yeah. a, a quote I saw, and I don't, I don't, it's an Eastern quote, but I don't know uh, who did the quote, but it was stupid before awakening, stupid after awakening, but now you know, like, but now you know it, but now you're awake to the fact that you're stupid. Like either way, you're stupid, either way, you're a tool, but, but once you're awake, you know, you're a tool. And once you know, you're a tool. And once you really accept that you're going to be a tool, then you can get on to what actually works and what actually brings you freedom, which is your freedom to choose what you're a tool for or what you serve is, is another yeah, way. I think that it. once you do that, though, I think it has to shift. I mean, if we take the definition that you put forth or Google put forth for us, it's no longer, you're no longer ignorant of it. So, it, I mean, it, I mean, I get what you're saying, of course, right? But it's like you need a different word now almost because now you've taken that away. It, it can't be tool because tool relied upon unconsciousness of not knowing that you're being used. Once you know, it's it's something of a totally different order. It might not be that much different, by the way. That's what that quote is great, right? I mean, it's like, you're stupid either way. <laughs> but, but now there's something different in there. 
don't know. Yeah, do you feel becomes, that in your life ever? No, like, I do. do I love that. I yeah. love that you made that that that. I love that you separated those two because a tool does rely on on your ignorance, yeah. right? Or your your lack of awareness, and then yeah. awareness it, it turns from being a tool into just well, what are you knowingly serving? Like you're you're, right. you're awake to what you're serving. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you can become more and more and more and more awake to what you're yeah. serving, and that's the goal. Not not serving something. Yeah, right? you're going to exactly. have to serve somebody, and I you should that. because it's good for you, right? Like like in marriage, serve the marriage. It's good for you. That's spirituality. Right. When you served spirituality, there was more of you. You got more freedom. That you had more yeah. energy. Right. Another thing. Um, my wife mentioned just about um, freedom and serving was, you know, she just talked about like if you're working in a job, uh, right, you're, you, you serve the job, you're a tool to the, to the job or whatever you're working for, you have to, it owns a piece of you. But if you become really, really good at your job, then you become kind of indispensable at the job, yeah. right? Then all of a sudden, like you own a piece of that them as well. Because they need you, and you need them, and suddenly the power dynamic shifts, and there's more of a healthy back and forth co-ownership. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And because of that, there's real freedom. And so it's almost like the way to get more freedom is to really, really serve the thing that owns you well and consciously. Yeah. Which, which almost seems backwards. It's a counterintuitive thing. Yeah, it is a You don't want work to own you? Go do a really good job at work. Right. Right. You know, right? in, in, in spirit, exactly. And I'm going to take it to, you know, to the really deep level here, but I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, in spirituality, in most religions, you know, you want freedom, surrender. There you go. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? You know, it's to talk about counterintuitive, right? But I mean, I don't know if that's a really tough juxtaposition, but the, the, to me, I see the parallel there. I think your wife is spot on. You know, I, I, well, the other thing I would say that's a little more approachable is that, you know, people are so enticed by entrepreneurship because they feel like they're going to own it. But any entrepreneur, because I know you are one and I've been one all, all of our adult life pretty much, it owns you. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, I love that Absolutely. saying of like an entrepreneur yeah. works 70 hours a week to avoid working a 40 hour week, right? I mean, that's the, the famous <laughs> thing, right? I mean, but that's it though, because you feel like you own it because it's yours. But there's a, there's a, you know, a playing back it and forth. It owns you, but, you're, but you've managed to own it by choice. Right, you've yeah. decided to be owned by it, and that's why you love it. Right. You said this at the very beginning of this conversation, and, and I, I wanted to jump ahead so badly, but you say, "Do you love what you're doing?" Yeah. Right. You're going to work, but do you love your work? Do you love what you're doing? You're gonna serve something, but do you love what you serve, and does it love you back? Right. And it's so, so big. So you're talking about going to a deep place where where you're talking about surrender. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right to, to get to get ownership well let me just stop on that for a minute actually that was a really good point surrender because you're owned anyway and the fact that you're fighting not the fact that you're trying not to surrender and that you're fighting surrendering is just spending energy that is going to get wasted because you can't fully remove yourself from service of right. something that's right. Right? And so mm -hmm. by surrendering, it's not that it really changes your circumstances all that much on the ground. You're still serving. But by surrendering, you're no longer wasting all that energy fighting it. 
and therefore surrendering gives you energy and allows you to become more aware and be less of a tool. Yes. Exactly. It changes your relationship to it. Yes. It changes your relationship to reality. Because reality is, there's all kinds of forces. Yeah, I mean, there's a million things that are so far out of your control. And so, so and people always think of surrender as giving up. And that's the funny thing that, that that's where the big misunderstanding, just like vulnerability is often thought of as weakness, right? As, as weakness. Yeah, Surrender yeah. is not giving up. It is actually exactly what you just said. It's becoming aware, you know? It's allowing. It's, it's allowing it to be what it already is. What it already is. And that changes your relationship to it, which completely yes. changes your reality, Actually, even though like like your experience, that's what I'm trying to say. It completely changes yeah. your experience of that reality. Does yeah, that make sense? It changes your relationship. Yeah, yeah. And your relationship is everything. The quality of your life is the quality yeah. of your relationships. Not just with other people, but with the world, with everything, with, world, yeah, with, with your ideas. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. a tool to things? The basic point, though, is I think just to just to bring it back down is that you are going to serve something. Yeah. You are going to serve an idea. You are going to you are going to serve a political idea. You're going to serve a spiritual idea. You're going to serve what mm -hmm. you believe that the world is. Do you believe it's a do you believe it's a a, a circum a, not a circumstance but a but a random act of randomness in space that just kind of happened, you know, or do you believe it's a you know, intelligent design of the universe? I mean, that's just an idea, but but which one you serve completely changes your relationship with your life. It does. It's like the conversation right? you're having. It's like the our, conversation you're having. constantly going back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it changes. It defines it the changes. conversation you're having. Yes. And, and, and there's lots of different things that can own you. But, but it's really important to start thinking about how to choose, how to become more aware, and then to yeah. become more able to choose what owns you. And I think that that's going back to what you said before. We talked about circumstance design and exposure, but you want to be owned by something. You don't want to just own yourself. What are you living for then if you're just living for yourself, right? Because if you yeah. just are owned only by yourself, then you're living only for yourself. And then, well, then who are you? Like, like. <laughs> Not, not what use are you, but like, I don't, I just think it, I think we all have an in, intuition that that kind of goes against why we're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Well, and, and well when so, you see somebody who's living that way, it's never very, it's always kind of like, ooh, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, you just have so a reaction that it's like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Meanwhile, that, that when, you, serving, when you meet somebody who's yeah. serving, who's, whose whole life is about service, you're immediately attracted to that person, too. You're like, what a beautiful person. I love that person. You know, like, yes. they're so, you know, I think that the simple way to, to, to be able to, to determine the difference there, you know. Because they've, because they've wakened, they've, they're awake enough to consciously choose what they're serving. And then they choose something, they choose something to serve that is, universally admirable we all know we all know serves the good whatever that is right like right, however right. you want to define that but but we all know what it is intuitively and we can see when somebody's not just when someone's choosing to serve it but when they're awake enough to do it effectively yeah that's really compelling i mean that's <laughs> every hero in every movie yeah right the, yeah. and and um it's not just that they're powerful enough to serve the good but they're awake to what the good is like they're and they're not a tool of some lesser noise 
Right. Right. They, they have a north star, and it and their and their connection to it is pretty pure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they do serve it, and they humbly serve it, and they bow before it. Yeah. Right. But because of that, they get power. Because of that, they receive the love back. Because of that, right. it takes care of them because they're taking care of it. Right. There's a right. There's a mutually beneficial ownership of those, of those two things, and. And can, so, can I say something really quick too? I, yeah, I just please, want to please. interject here yeah. because because I think it's an important point that I was thinking about and I, I hadn't made it yet. And you just doing it for me in a way, or you're leading there. Mm -hmm. The compass, the north star. Part of what's useful for having something like that. The the, the thing is the, the the drive is pure. You said you know like the pursuit of that thing is pure, but it's also deep, right? Like it goes, and that's what I work on constantly, like trying to make that deeper within me because. Mm -hmm. We all need course correction, you know? I mean, and that's because we're always a tool of someone, like something's influencing, you know, you're, you get off. But when we have a deep yeah. connection to this North Star and something that's higher than us, quite a bit higher, so that it can, it's pulling us, it helps us with the course correction. All of a sudden we start to feel, ooh, I'm getting off base here, I could tell. You know, I woke, you wake up. My wife's showing me signals that she's not listening to me anymore because I've gone way off the rails. You know what I mean? But you also yeah. are aware enough. You have something inside of you that values that, David, enough to say, wait a minute. I gotta, I, and it wakes you up. And you say, gosh, I just went off too much, didn't I, honey? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right? And it's useful having that North Star to, to, for the course correction, I think is really a powerful part. Because again, because we're always going to fall victim to being a tool, and, and that, like you said it many times now, right? You can't avoid it, but you do need. It's like what we always talk about too. It's not about answers. It's about a process. That's the process. The course correction, right, Dave? Like, like to the to constant be able course correction. Yeah, the yeah, constant course yeah. correction. Yeah, exactly. You know, we talked. So we were just talking about a minute ago. Um, so we're talking about that people who are serving that deeper thing are attractive. We're drawn to them. We know when it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, just just for for everyone at home who who just who's watching a video like this or listening to a podcast like this because they want some tips and tricks about life on the ground. I was attracted to my wife first and foremost because she was not a tool, mm. right? Of of common things. Right. And so, and so, so practicing this has, has real consequences on the ground just for who you can befriend and who you can partner with. I remember the, the first moment that things turned between my wife and I is, is we knew that, that we were kind of interested in each other, but we didn't have much to hang on to yet. We didn't know what we had in common yet because it didn't seem like we had much, but we were just kind of hanging in to see. Oh, there's something here, but we don't know what. You could feel it intuitively. You knew something was. We, we felt yeah. it, but there was nothing. There was no proof. There was no evidence. Yeah. Yet. Like we didn't know what we were feeling. Yeah. And then, and then we got into we got into a, a political conversation about about a subject that we both kind of assumed we thought one thing, and we both discovered we thought the opposite thing. Okay. And but then we thought some other thing. This seems like it was from the other side. And we realized that we both had these kind of heterodox mix of views that yeah. that my wife comments because she's not from America, right? So yeah. she, one of the things that surprised her, and she still talks about it today, she goes, why do all of these ideas come in packages? 
Like, like if you're on the blue team, you have to believe all the blue team things. And if you're on the red team, you believe all the red team things. I mean, there's reasons why those issues trickle into each other. There's reasons why they tend to bunch up, but there's not a reason for them to bunch up as severely as they seem to. Sure. And she goes, I don't even understand. Like, it's just not a concept that makes sense to me. Why, if I believe in this, I'm also supposed to believe in this? Because I don't. Right. And I loved her for that. I loved her. I said, oh my God, you're actually thinking about these subjects. You're not a tool. Right. Like, like you're actually sitting and saying, what do I think about this issue versus this issue versus this issue? And she's not interested in taking the prescribed dose from yeah. red team, blue team, purple team, no team. Like she, she just isn't interested in the, I mean, she's yeah. just confounded by the fact that they're even grouped together. I found it so attractive. I thought to myself, I really, really want a free thinker. I want yeah. an individual soul. I want an autonomous human being who, who owns themselves or owns their thoughts to that degree. Who's and authentic. I married the woman. Is that word. Yes. Right? Authentic. Yeah. There you go. She was mm -hmm. authentic and she mm -hmm. didn't she care is, about. Definitely. She is authentic. And, and it was sexy is what I'm trying to <laughs> point to people. Like, like if you're really owned by these things, you simply put, you're less attractive. You're less attractive to the people who you really want to pair up with. You're less yeah. attractive to the awake and to the aware. Yeah. You're less attractive to non-tools. <laughs> right, exactly, right. And, and if you're interested in how to not be one, that's a great, that's a great a point, pointer. You know, to take that yet just a little bit further, it's pretty much exactly in the same realm, but all spiritual practices or religions or, you know, will at some point tell you that you need to be mindful of who you surround yourself with. And that's, you made a conscious choice to surround yourself around this woman because she was authentic, like you're saying, because she was a free thinker, because she was, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a duh, right? We all know this, but we don't. We don't pay close enough attention. And if you don't want to be a tool, <laughs> pay attention to the people you surround yourself with. Are they? Because it's going to have a massive impact on whether you are or are not. It, it's, it couldn't get more on the ground than that, too. And it's a challenging thing. By the way, this is a tall order. I, I'm not trying to make it sound too easy because you've probably been with these people a lot for a long time, you know, I should say. And that's a tough thing to change. But if you're really interested in more autonomy, in more authenticity, in more freedom, you got to be mindful of that. that. That is an incredibly important thing, who you surround yourself with. Yeah, so so if if you are a tool and you and you're trying to remove yourself from that, like you said, you have to kind of watch who you're around, watch what you're watching. That just means removing all of the parts of your day that might fill your day, and that can be kind of a lonely, that can be oh, a lonely yeah. feeling for a while. But if you can get through that and then find what's on the other side of being a tool, it's much less lonely to not sure. be a tool. Sure. Right. But but there is a there's like a barrier to entry that you have to get through, which is it's kind of lonely there for a while. It is. And, yeah. And it's, so it's it's kind of comes to do. down to that yeah. law of attraction thing, too. Right. Until something else is attract because you are surrounding yourself around. Th this is what you're attracting, so to speak, until you shift that and then start to attract other things. You will probably experience this moment of loneliness. It could be a little while until you find that your place in that and people find you, so to speak. You know? Well, and this leads to this leads to uh, kind of an important how-to point, right? Okay. So, so we talk with people not just to talk about ideas, but but how how to integrate these ideas, and and um, and this again, this is something my wife said because she's really good at saying these things. That 
If you want to not be a tool, you want to start taking more ownership of yourself or deciding what owns you more. You don't just go in and it's not something that happens all at once. And, and she likened it to, like, she used the analogy of dieting. If you want to change your diet, you don't just go in, or, or if you want to stop smoking, here's an even better one. If you want to stop smoking, you don't just stop smoking, right? It's really, really hard to do. What you do is you replace smoking. Yes. Right? So now you chew gum, or you do an e-cigarette, or you, you do something else that, that gives you all the signals that you need, right? The, the part of you that is addicted is owned by the addiction. So you can't just remove it from yourself, but you can replace it with something that's better for you. So it's the same with dieting. It's like if you're going to remove ice cream from your diet, you're still going to want a sugar hit. So you start by replacing ice cream with a plate of grapes or an apple. So you still get a little bit of a hit. You still There's still something in place, right? So that's why. So you don't just get rid of ownership. You just, you just you, one thing at a time, you take, okay, uh, the news owns me. Instead of the news tonight, I'm going to read a book. Right, right. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to call my friend. Right. Right? Yeah, if you I'm think about that example that I used, yeah. it's not that I stopped listening to stuff. Completely, I shifted yeah, yeah. what I listened to. You know what I mean? So instead of news, it was other material. It was self-help. It was, you know what I mean? It was self-improvement stuff. It was spiritual stuff. Um, I couldn't agree more, by the way, David. It's a really powerful point that is that is uh, universal. It doesn't matter what yeah. you're talking about. Of right? changing anything. Of changing anything. Yeah, of changing yeah. anything. Exactly. That's a really powerful point. So to make this point even more powerful, this is the most powerful point I'm going to make in this whole video. Here comes <laughs> <Okay>. the snark. <laughs> I can't stop my grin. I was going to try to keep a real straight face. Stop watching the news and start watching the wrong conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you it know, will be better for done. you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It won't We're be as titillating. Yeah. <laughs> we won't manipulate you quite as much. I mean, you know. <laughs> buy this shirt. Here, buy this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to go right into it, too. And after you're done, make sure that you comment and that you <laughs> like the video and that you subscribe and follow us because that's the natural, you know. Notifications, yeah. please. Notifications. Not <laughs> Let us own, own that little ding, that little alarm <laughs> ding that comes and tells you, here we are. Yes. Please give us some yes. ownership over your day. Yeah. <laughs> Let us own five minutes of your time. Leave us a review. That would change our lives, right? Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be give fantastic. us ownership over five but, minutes of your time. But here's the thing. Day. Do it consciously, yeah. and then you won't be a tool. You there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Do You'll, just be serving. You'll just be serving. You'll be serving something, something higher. <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> well hopefully that works you know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah. that's that's i mean that's that's what there is to say on being a tool i think yeah for now well, at least that's step yeah, one for now i think i think we've said enough yeah i think we've, I think said, we've enough. said enough yeah yes you are a tool somewhere we all are it's not a judgment it's just a reality right. of being right it's okay but but don't stay asleep. Wake up. Look at look at how much. Watch yourself. Watch. Yourself. Watch yourself react to the news, to your friends, to your boss, to your family, to the culture, to the language, to to everything around you. Right? To pumpkin spice. 
to pumpkin spice. You know, here's a great trigger for that too, if you want my opinion. <laughs> you see it in somebody else. We all do. It's easier to see it in somebody else. The moment you see it in somebody else, take a moment and ask yourself, where am I like that? Yeah. That's a useful, because the truth is there's somewhere. And, and you know, yeah. it's easy to see. It's harder to see for ourselves. But if you take that opportunity, that, that's something that I do a lot, you know, like with that, you know, like you see somebody be judgmental. You're like, man, that person's being really judgmental. Oh, well, maybe I'm being you judgmental. Also, <laughs> and where am I you being You could also read it and how people respond to you. So if you're talking mm. and you're just not getting anywhere with somebody, we talk about being in the wrong conversation. Yeah. If, if It can be the wrong conversation because you're being a tool. And people can smell toolness. Yeah. Right? Yeah, your, absolutely. Your toolicity, or whatever, whatever you <laughs> call it. Your, I love your this. toolness. Um, See, we're but, stepping out. We're we're freeing ourselves from language by creating our own languages. <laughs> people will know when you're spouting a talking point versus when you're speaking from the heart. Even if you're saying the same thing, you can be making the same point, but people right. will know whether you're making it with somebody else's words or yeah. with your own. So it's not that you have to be right or not believe what you believe. Right, like yeah, like you're you're a tool to you're a tool to forces in the world because you relate to them or you agree with them or something. Fine, that that's not the problem. The problem is the lack of consciousness to how much it's it's owning you and you are acting on its behalf instead of on your own, and and how asleep you are to it. And we're all still asleep to a lot of that stuff. Again, it's just a matter of degree. It's slowly peeling back the layers of the onion, replacing one little piece at a time. Uh, and exactly. doing it as consciously as yeah. you can and forgiving yourself for being a tool and but understanding that the more ownership that you can reclaim not that it's yours but that you can have the freedom to choose what owns it that is your yeah. only true freedom i think i i agree and and you know this is this leads us into next week's conversation i feel like i really do because if you want to change you should be asking yourself, or you might want to take a moment to ask, are you ripe? Are you ripe for the change that you want to see? I think that's a really, uh, I'm excited about that talk. And I think that's what we're going to be doing next week. Right, David? I love it. I'm really excited for that one and, Me too, and how David. to determine how ripe you are and how to become more ripe. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think so. I look forward to it. Yeah. I think it, I really do think it segues good into what we've just been talking about. So, I agree. I agree. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you next week, you tool. <laughs> All right, David. Thank you. I'm going to work on that. Maybe by next time you won't feel the need to call me that. I don't believe I won't it. be I such a tool will. to my need to call you a tool. <laughs> to put myself right, one David. step above. Yeah. All right. All right, my friend. <laughs> Have a Talk good soon. one. Enjoy it. Hello again, everyone. This is David, if you haven't guessed by now. And if you're hearing this, that means you have listened through to this entire episode. And so on behalf of Adrian and myself, we say thank you for listening, and we hope that it provided some value for you. If you are enjoying these podcasts, you can play a very important role in keeping them coming. You can subscribe, share us with your friends, and perhaps the most helpful thing you can do right now is to leave us a review podcasts like this live or die by these small acts of kindness and support that only you can give. If you'd like to stay up to date with the show, become part of our growing family, as well as receive some extra special bonus goodies, please sign up on our mailing list. 
We won't take over your inbox and we try not to send out anything without a little something extra in it for you. There is a link where you can do that on the header section of our website, thewrongconversationpodcast.com. For the video lovers out there, don't forget that you can always watch the show on YouTube. Again, thank you for helping us get this humble little show off the ground. We really enjoy doing it and the opportunity it gives us to make a connection with you. So thank you for being a part of this. It's why we do it.